Alright, we locked in right now. It's the Will One Podcast. Your boy Master Twice got a special guest in the cut right here. My good friend Shanae. You know, Hi. she just came and pulled up on me. It's been a long time coming. I've been trying to get her. She's a busy lady, you know, but we finally gotten it done. So, Shanae, introduce yourself to people. Hi, so I'm Shanae. Um, I'm just a girl with a dream, you know, trying to make it happen out here. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, that's what we're all trying to do, but you know, and I love that. So, we're going to get a little bit into your story, you know, like, you know, and we're going to do this how we usually do it right here. We're just going to get right into it and tell us about... The early life, you know, your upbringing, siblings, family, where you come from. Like, let, let, let us know the, let us know early Shanae. Early Shanae. So, I'm a Rex kid at heart. Uh-uh. Shout out to the Rex, you know what I'm saying? I grew up um, over by Halasia, over by, I don't even know what that area is called. Over by Humber College. Mm. Um, but West I mean, side, West side. Yeah, that's side. <laughs> that's side. But, I mean, I went to Elmbank. I went to... Mm. I went to Carr. I went to a little bit of North Kipling over there. Oh, shit. Okay. You're so, a little bit all over. A little, a little bit all over. A little bit everywhere. But, um, yeah. So, I grew up in the Rex. That kind of gave me a little bit of foundation. A little bit of strength. I mean, that's yeah. what comes with it sometimes. You know, a little thick skin when you grow up out there. Literally. It, yeah. So, like, I want to know a little bit about, like, what are, like, the the hobbies and like the things that the early Shanae like to do just for fun. Um, I was always a reader. Okay. I like I started reading Mad Young. I was like three years old, pulling out books. Oh shit! You were like Loki, a genius kid. Kind of. <laughs> I won't even lie. Like I remember like a very vivid memory. Um, being in junior kindergarten, counting to a hundred. Oh, okay, okay. And nobody else in the class could count to a hundred, eh? But I, I don't got even to think 100. I could count to twenty at that time. No cap. <laughs> Nah, I got to 100 and everybody was proud of me. They called my mom. They like, it was a thing. Nah, because that's, that's big though. Because, like, you know, uh, one of my homies, you know, they, uh, their daughter, I remember when she was like two years old, she could, like, had like alphabets down and she could count. And I was like, damn, this kid is like, it's smart. It, yeah, it, felt, it made you feel like he's a genius. So I could imagine, especially at the time when, like, these kids can't even count to, like, like I said, 20, like myself, you know, I'm, I'm including me in here. And, you know, you got kids like you count to 100. It's like, oh, shit. We may have a gifted one on our hands. And, I mean, I was in the gifted program the whole of my oh, life. Okay, okay. Life. Yo, talk so your I'm shit. Talk your I'm shit. Smart. I'm not saying I'm smart because I remember, like, I always thought I did. I was. And, and then there was this one kid. Oh. Mm, there's always that one who's out who best you. Yeah, his name is Akershan. I, he knows. As you know it's real, you didn't even forget his he name. Knows. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Because I always thought I was the smartest kid in school. And then Akershan came out of nowhere. And invented the advanced placement program. <laughs> and then I couldn't even get into the program. I was just like, what is this kid? And like to this day, I still bother him. Akershan. Akershan. <laughs> oh, he knows what it is. He knows, he it, knows. It's playful banter, but it's like, nah, bro. Like, I was you know, smart before him. Like, don't, don't, you, you try to you steal my shine a little bit. My shine. It's all good. It's all good, but though. Yeah. You know, we, we shine in different ways, though. We shine in different yeah. ways. And now he's like a rock in the world in some kind of something. I mean, you rocking the world in your type of way, but we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. get into that a little yeah. bit later, because yeah. we still we still in the early stages. Yeah. So like, I want to know, like, you know, we talk about reading and like, what kind of got you into reading, as like, especially a young kid, but like, carrying that into adulthood. As well. Creativity. Like, I have a very active imagination, and even in what I do now, like, I love the fact that, like me, I I know I'm gonna be a serial entrepreneur. I'm gonna mm. have a million businesses, mm. but that's because my ideas are always flowing. Uh, so okay. I will think. I like this idea. Let's find a way to spin it. Mm. Right? And so, like, me as a kid, reading 
was my escape. Like, I loved being, like, thrown into a whole different fantasy world. Like, I show feel me like- some dragons. Like... <laughs> See, I feel like that's the thing that, like, I loved about reading, especially, like, when I started getting into it, was how you could literally just escape from whatever you're doing and get lost in the pages. Yeah. And it's better than a TV show or movie, because it was, like, it just puts you in the environment. Like, you know, like, I always tell people, you can watch a movie and everything, but the movie don't tell you what it smells like in there. The the movie's like a cheat, like, you're cheating. Exactly. Like, they're already showing you what it's supposed to be. But mm-hmm. when you're reading it, you're literally lose, using your own imagination to build a world. Exactly. So, like, I love that aspect. And then I started writing. I started writing when I was mad young. Mm. What were you writing? Books. What were you writing? Still fantasy books. Like, I like, I like, like, my first book was called Living the Happy Life. Okay. Talk about it. Talk about it. Published and author. It was literally just a book about... Me going to high school with a whole bunch of friends and boys and just living a good life. Okay, okay. And wildly enough, it was 300-some pages. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. That, that's, a, that's a big step for a first book. No cap. But, like, looking back on it, it's, like, it's just a bunch of gibberish. Like, it's just, like, it's but just... I, I still have to commend you for it. Because, like, yeah. even as someone like me, like, I've thought about, like, writing a book about my, my own story. I don't know where to start. Because it's, like... I don't know where to start, and don't I don't know how to start. finish. You don't have to have a start. I don't know where to finish. You're not finished anywhere yet. Though. That's what I'm saying. You're not finished, that, that's, that's the finish complex. Finish it right up until the day that you stop writing it. That's it. I guess, yeah, see, you know, say you, you teach it me out you here. You have a start. You know you have a start. I know, I know, I know. Same way you're starting this. Ta- tell me about your childhood. Yeah. Tell me what led up to whatever. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, see, I just, no. needed, I just needed a real one to break it down on the Will One podcast. Uh, no, that's how it goes. <laughs> And every story has to have, like, it has to have a point. So what's your point? Mm. Once you figure out your point, that's it. That's some golden advice. I'm, I'm, I'm really actually going to use that. Because, like, you know, Seriously. I got I to start getting to this writing. I'm going to check up on that book. So. Yeah, I'm going to get into, yeah, we, yeah we're going we're gonna to write a few things. And, you know, we're going to try to make them, some things happen, you know. I'm, you know, I'm on, my, I'm on my active wave, too. So, you know, we'll just leave that at that, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for you guys, you know, you know. But anyways, you know, we're going to kind of talk about, we talk about like, you know, reading and everything. And I want to know a little bit more of like, you know, there's a little bit more passions because like, you know, with mm-hmm. some of your businesses that you have, I know that there's been some passions that you probably had as a youngster that you, that have like continued on into that. And like, I want to hear a little bit about those ones. I feel like as a kid, I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I mean, when I want to be a doctor, I wanted to have my own practice. Like when I wanted to be a lawyer, I want to have my own firm. When I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to have my own agency. Like, it was never like, I'm going to work for somebody. Ah. And so, like, I feel like that is something that transpired or, like, transgressed into my adult life. I just don't believe in, not that I don't want to work for somebody, but I want to be able to inspire people to be the change. Mm. And that's why. I feel like that's a big thing because I feel like a lot of people, they get comfortable. Yeah. And that's why they, they, they... They'd rather like just work for somebody yeah. because it's it's an easier it's a it's less risk. Yeah, oh hundred percent. You know, less risk like a whoa. Less risk, less stress, everything like that. But then, like some people, they just want to like I feel sometimes they just want the extra challenge of like yeah. I don't want someone to tell me how to do things and I still want to build something. Yeah, like, I yeah. feel like that's a strong combination that I think most people need because nowadays everyone just fall into that complacency like pattern yeah. when no one wants to like live their dreams that's what i've noticed yeah. in my like day-to-day like times past talking to people is that people are very scared to live their dreams and you know you're kind of someone who's doing that like you know what 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 like pushed that out of you like for, or was that always there 
I feel like it was just always there. It was just I got the right opportunity and I just took it. Mm. And like I remember, like my restaurant opened up middle of COVID. I mean, we we would get a little bit more into that, you know. What I'm saying? Yeah. We get a little bit more into that. But, but yeah, like, like um, what like about about that too? Like how did that like? How did that little, like, you know, tra- like, setback, I guess, like, you know, COVID and still, like, opening up the during, like, how did it, like... Most of the setback I had was, like, with the city and, mm-hmm. like, actually physically opening up. Mm-hmm. That was where the setbacks happened. But, like, once we opened doors, there was probably, like, a month that was slow and then boom. COVID was very spectacular for us. It's funny how I feel COVID was really a, a make or break season, I call it, because it was, like... If you have a plan, this gives you the time to now focus on that plan. Refine it. Refine it and execute. Yeah. And you got time because we're all just sitting here doing nothing. So what else are we going to do? Yeah. And I, because like I started doing this during COVID, like, you know, and like started like kind of more building on what I'm doing during the time. And it was just like, yeah, it just gave me the opportunity of like, what the, what do I really want to do? How am I going to get this yeah. done? COVID gave Let's people get. a lot of time. Exactly, and, and I feel that's what we thing. need. Yeah, because it's like you know everyone was so fast paced with like the way how society is nowadays, where it's like you didn't have that time to sit down and be like, oh, do I even really like doing it? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I feel like that's a question most people don't ask themselves. Do I even like doing what I do every day? Yeah, like, but yeah. we're just stuck in a like a habit or like a, a knowing. Like this mm-hmm. is what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, so this is what everyone else has done for years and years. How could you do gen- different? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, now that we're talking about that, I, I kind of want to get into, like, how your views are just on, like, society is nowadays, you know, being a black woman, entrepreneur, a young black woman at that, growing up in, like, in this today's day and age. Like, how do you feel about, like, the way society is just portrayed in general? Um, a loaded question, but, you know. <laughs> okay, tell me more. Like, Because, like, I, I always like to ask people this because I feel like, Everyone has a different perspective on, like, how life is going. Yeah. And, like, how they view how life is going on as a society. And I just want to get to know your perspective, knowing with everything that you've been through in life. I feel like, I don't know, okay, so this is personal, but, like, I feel like as a black female, I've always had to be the soldier. Speak on it. I've always had to be, like, even in my family, like, I've always been the one that, like, if my mom's not playing mom, I'm playing mom. Right. And like if she's at work, for example, mm-hmm. it's me. Right. It's um, as a black female in general, you're always. You're meant to be put to work. I mean, you know, generationally speaking, generationally, <laughs> but that, that has to end. That has to end. I feel you. I, I feel like it's the crazy part that it's crazy that you said that. And I like that you said that. And I feel like most black women may feel like that because. Black women have been like the backbone for black families yeah. for these generations. And then, yeah, on top of that, out of like, you know, the slavery factor and into things and just how strong they had to be through that. Because during those days, they're probably treated the worst on planet Earth. But then you got to be the strongest person out here. Literally. Literally. You get all the lashes, but you're supposed to be the strongest. That's just, and that's been instilled into us, like literally into the makeup of who we are. And. <sighs> I feel like, and when I open my restaurant, that's me. Even like, I'm sick last week, and yeah. I'm just like, I gotta be there. I need to be there because that's just, it's in me. I have to be strong. Mm. 
but I'm over that, to be honest. You no, know, no, this is what I've realized in life. It's like sometimes people have this, per- they're put in this predicament where they always have to be strong. Yeah. And they never get the opportunity to be like, I am fucking hurting too sometimes. Literally. And I need, I need a break. Literally. Because like, I, I, I'm not going to say I relate to you because obviously I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but you're a black man. Yeah. Who still goes through the same struggles. Very similar. But then too, like with the disability factor with me, like for me, I would say what I get mostly is people would see me and they see how I'm moving in the chair and they're like, you know, you're so strong. I, I couldn't do that. And then I'm like the fuck is that supposed to mean like you think i like chose this like oh yeah i built up my strength to be in this wheelchair no like it's just i just had to do this like you know and like i feel that's when people think like it correlates back to what you were saying with like black women where it's like people expect them to be so strong where it's just like oh you're so so strong like yeah you know down to the point where medically when they like even have babies they they're they're thought like oh oh no you can take this pain it's okay you don't need the epidural. Don't yeah, worry. you don't know where it's like, your, your white counterparts can take it. Don't can't. But you, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're built for this. <laughs> Wild. So it's like, it's really just crazy to see the contrast on just how that happens. I'm just like how you kind of want to break that mold of, yeah. even though I am a strong black female. I don't have to be strong all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's how we all should be. Because then like it goes back to, like you said, as like me as a male. The male ego now makes you feel like, you know, oh, you got to be macho and strong all the time. Can't cry. Like, suck yeah. it up. When in that, in general, most guys are, if not more emotional than females, and they hide it so much that that's why that emotion builds up. And then you have yeah. people like, you know, kill their girlfriend on a rage because she talked Ooh. to another man or Ooh. like, you know, to shoot this guy because he stepped on their shoes in the club. Like, yeah. it's all that built up emotion that you're not letting out. That like you know maybe you want to cry about that girl who left you three years ago. It's all right, bro. You know what I'm saying? It happens to the best of us. You know. It, you know? Yeah. So it's just. I feel like that's the thing. It's like where we need to talk about the things that we're going through and like be able to have a bet. Like say like I'm having a shit time right now, and there's nothing wrong with me saying that. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get out of it. Yeah. But right now it's fucking shit. Yeah. Like like you know, and I feel like that's just one thing that. But that's something we, that um. It has to be instilled from childhood. You uh, know how many times you see like little boys and they're upset about something and be like, boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, boys, man up. Suck man it up. up. Man up. Man like, up. That annoys me. And I've like literally cussed people because of the <laughs> fact that boys should be allowed to express their feelings. Nah, because for sure. If they don't, they're going to grow up to be men Angry who men. have no idea how to how to say, yo, this upsets me. Exactly. Because, like, I, I found just in my, like, life and just being a man and just, like, you know, playing sports and all that shit, there's always that macho male bravado type thing that, that exudes. And then, but then you when you come to realize that most of these people, like I said, are very emotional because I've had times where I've had, with a group of my guy friends, we're sitting down having some real deep conversations that to the point that we're all crying about the shit that we've gone through in real life that we didn't even know each other was going through. Yeah. See each other every day. But yeah. I didn't know you were going through that. And you didn't know, like, it was like, and once I could do that, especially with my homies, you know, shout out my dogs, you know. But, like, once I could do that with my homies, I was like, I ain't scared to cry in front of nobody. Like, you know what I'm saying? I cried in front of homies about some real shit. Like, I, I'm not, like, like I, that don't make me less of a man no. to cry. Because, like, you know, you think you're going to make fun of me because of that? Because, like, you know, at the same time, I get back on this macho male bravado shit and be like, so what is it? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, I feel like that's what we need to, like, really teach a lot of young boys is, like, it's okay to, like, 
express your feelings and express how you feel, but then don't let no one make you feel less than for doing that because 100%. you're not. You know, 100%. you're just being real while other people are trying to fake the funk, trying yeah. to act like, you know, they're like Superman or something. I feel like that's where I'm at. I have to like convince myself or remind myself that I'm also not less than because I want to be, I want to live more of my soft life. Mm. Right? So like if I, I sometimes I, sometimes I snap <laughs> at my staff because they expect, or not that they expect, I expect myself to be a superhero mm-hmm. all the time. And sometimes I fall short of that. A lot of times I fall short of that. I mean, I mean, we ain't perfect. No, know? but I mean, like I remember um, a couple weeks ago, I put in 90, 90 hours in one week. God damn. And in my head, and I'm sure in like even my staff side, they're like, oh, no, nah, she's the owner. She's supposed to. No, I'm not. No, I, I, I got you still. Because when you said she's the owner, she's supposed to. I'm like, ah. And then you're like, no, I'm not. No, like, I'm not. That's why you have a team. Facts. If you were just like a one-man shop, one-girl shop, um, then so be it. Put in your 90 hours and call it a day. But if you're putting in 90 hours, you need to hire a team. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because right? like, even me doing this right now, like this is all me. Like, you know, I wear... All the hats, so you know what I'm saying? We, you know, we, we were here earlier, you saw the setup, how we get this to set it up, and like, you know, I got to do the editing, and then, yeah. you know, I got to do the, you know, the editing for like the, the, the different social medias, because, you know, the fucking dimensions and shit, and it was just like, it, it it's a lot. It's like, a lot. It's, I wish I had a team, so, or, you know, maybe even somebody, like, okay, I'm going to grab these people for interviews, at least, like, help me out with that, but it's yeah. like, I got to wear all these hats, and like, well, you said it's like it's a lot, and where it's like I wish I had a team, and where it's like you, where you ha- where I have, if you have a team, like you know, like you're saying, it's like of course I don't want to be doing all this fuck. Why do you think I have you guys? Like, yeah, it, teamwork made the dream work. Like, you yeah. know, and it's just like sometimes I feel bad when I like let them know, yo, I'm still human. At the end of the day, I'm so. And one of my biggest fears was getting sick, like because if I'm sick, who's gonna put in those ninety hours? Mm. Right. It's like you know, it's like uh, I heard. Uh, Fuck, I forgot who said prime time. Deion Sanders said this recently. So like, you know, he's like a Rolex. Rolexes move on mo- like move movement. Yeah. You know, if you're not and like he said, people who own businesses especially, that's how they move. Like you gotta be moving all the time to really get Literally. things going. And so it's like you saying your biggest fear is to get sick because if you get sick, who's gonna keep their business moving? Like you're yeah. the head of the snake, like yeah. you know. So I, it's uh, it's always an interesting contrast to see that like and just how like how you manage that in general like you know how how do you manage that balance of i need to be so strong because i'm operating a business but at the same time i need to realize i'm human and i need my breaks honestly it's hard mentally like i will always say like i'm a person with um functional depression mm. and it's speak a, on it. it's a lot um you will see me and i'm i'm excellent all the time but then it's my staff that really sees me sometimes that when I'm not in that moment mm. because something will trigger me and I'm behind the kitchen crying my eyes out and they just be like so uh <laughs> what now like are you gonna drop the burger like and I'd be down there bawling. are you gonna drop the burger are you gonna, are you gonna what is the wings like, do you need a moment should I pat your back like it's it's wild but it's just like it's not funny but it's funny <laughs> yeah and like i would be there and like full out knowing i'm having like a full-on anxiety attack and knowing that this person's just standing there like looking at you and like there's customers out there and i'm just like get it together you have one minute stand back up and get it done see right? but that's the thing like my you know again shout out my therapist martha you know one thing that she taught me was like 
when you're in those type of moments where you're having anxiety attacks or even like PTSD or something, you have to remember that sometimes you can give yourself a moment, but then you got to know when this moment's up, yeah. I'm up. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't, nope. I can't dwell in this. Nope. And I feel like that's the thing. That's where I, I say where a lot of times where it's like, we're allowed to feel things because you're allowed to have that moment yep. and be 100%. like, bro, this is fucking hard right 100%. now. You guys leave me alone for a sec. Let me regroup and come back up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's humanizing because I feel like my staff see that and they're like, okay, no, nah, she's human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. she, she, she has human feelings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. Cause like I've worked for some bosses where like these niggas move like they're fucking robots. Yeah. That's not healthy. What I had one boss, my last boss, you know, shout out to Sam. He was, he was cool. But like, damn, that nigga scared me. He was like five foot two though. Scared the shit out of me. Like every time he walked through, I was like, I have to make sure I was on point. Cause I'm like, he just, you just could never read him. You know, he was just one of those guys. I remember yeah. one time I had to work beside him. He, like, he, he was one of those bosses too. Like he owned this big warehouse, but then he's still like putting it work with like, you know, and then like I asked him some stupid questions. The man looked at me with such daggers where I thought I, I lost my job. Like I, I thought like immediately from this conversation, it doesn't matter what the fuck I do at work. This conversation, he's like, yo, fuck this kid. This kid's stupid. Like, yo, get him out of here. But he didn't do that though. So shout out Mike. Shout out, shout out Sam. But like, you know, I've had some bosses where like, I just always on eggshells when they're around. Yeah. And that's not the kind of person I want to be. Like, I'm always very friendly with my staff. Some people mm. even say that I shouldn't be as friendly as I am. But teachers on yeah yeah i I believe in just being a kind person that's a big thing and then whenever i'm not a kind person i always apologize (laughs) because i'm not always kind i mean that's that's a that's a great thing too because i feel a lot of people it's okay to like apologize to people but when you feel like you are in the wrong because that's just people respect you more for that yeah you know it's like it's like okay yeah i fucked up my bad i I hope you appreciate the fact that like i'm Letting yeah. you know this, because I could have been like most people and just said, yeah, I know I fucked up, but fuck that person anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do that. They're like, yo, I, I know I'm on the wrong, but yo, fuck them. They yeah. did so and this, this and that to me back yeah. in the day, so I don't give a shit. Like, you know, they just like justify their wrongs with other wrongs, yeah, you know. No. But uh, one thing I love to talk about, and we kind of touched a little bit on, and uh, like you did, and I love to get into it. We always like to touch on mental health on the show, and I, mm-hmm. I want to get to know about a situation where you first like had to encounter your mental health and be like, yo, this shit is real. How do I, like, get through this? Um, I always dealt with depression. Um, I was first, um, I was clinically, I was, um, <laughs> it's okay, yeah. it's okay, it happens, it happens. Um, I was clinically diagnosed when I was 12, mm-hmm. initially. My parents divorced, obviously. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. that. I see that. No, wait, 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 wait. Um, big trigger, definitely. Um, so, like, I, I have to ask you now, because, like, you know, there's it. a lot of kids who, like, go through, the, like, you know, parents' divorce. How did that, like, affect you as a child? Like, did you feel like you were involved or something like that? Well, yeah, I felt like I was definitely involved in it because, shout out to my parents. Shout out to you guys. But, um, Raise a good person right here. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, I felt like they used me in the middle. Ayo, mm. Sinead, tell your mom this ayo Sinead tell your dad that mm. ayo Sinead tell your mom that. and it was just like I'm 12 mm. why am I why am I I'm not, I'm not uh, yeah I'm not the, I'm not built to be a messenger in I'm this not. type of situation and like I literally went from having the perfect family like Christmas hot chocolates and pajamas literally <laughs> to oh now we just live with mom <laughs> And I was just like, where's dad? Now we just live with mom. We're just, like, what? Yo, you make it sound bad like that. Still. I swear to God, we, we knew we were moving, eh? 
We're like, okay, we're moving. We get to my new crib. I'm like, so mom, where's dad at? Oh, he's not coming. Oh, no. What? That's how they let you guys know? Did they didn't let you know beforehand? It was a sick. You pulled up to the crib like, so uh, where, where there's a man that? missing still. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so which, which, which room is he? No. No. Damn. But and that's something like I know like me I have a niece and mm-hmm. I'm very open with my niece and I have a lot of conversations with my niece that I probably shouldn't have with my niece. Mm. Like she's on my private Snapchat, but that's because I believe in open communication. Okay, okay. Right? And if my parents had sat me down and be like, "Hey, yo, we are not working anymore. Mm-hmm. This family unit is not working anymore and this is what's going to happen." I was definitely smart enough to understand what was going on. Mm. It would have prepared me as opposed to being me being thrown into everything. I, f- I feel like that's a that's a great thing that like how the open communication like especially in in households it could just not be there. Like you could yeah. like live in the same house and then know what's going on kind of but, but then, then have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. You know, and it's like especially for children, I can imagine like how that could affect you because it was like your life should literally change in a day because they didn't it's like yeah you may have seen things but like yeah people fight like you know yeah. it's like whatever yeah. and then now it's like no. boom boom now it's completely different like out of nowhere yeah. and like so that messed me up completely we went through years of i wasn't even allowed to get therapy like they didn't believe in therapy i i, I hate to hear that because you know i'm not gonna lie even me like before i really started you know talking to my therapist i was like fuck i want to talk to a therapist for yeah. talking about my feelings like third but third this session so in good. i was crying <laughs> literally third session in i was crying my therapist doesn't even really talk she just sits there like literally they expect you to do all the talking yeah, yeah and it's just like but it, it's refreshing and i feel like a lot of the, especially a lot of like the black youth need it because they yeah. go through a lot of things that in in, in our society we're taught that hold it down like you know yeah. it's we, everybody goes through this like you know instead of like no everybody don't go through this Literally. like you know and uh, it's fucking me up i need to talk to somebody because yeah. i'm going crazy with all these thoughts in my head yeah you know and but continue on just like how like you just dealt with that in general yeah i dealt with it i dealt with like suicide my whole teenage years like i'm sorry to hear that nah it was life even like so they say trauma right Mm -hmm. so like i don't remember most of my high school years Uh, and that's just because of the shit i was going through mentally mm -hmm. it's just life like i remember like little like it's like pieces yeah Yeah. but like don't ask me how grade 10 went i don't know Mm. i have no idea my whole grade 12 year, the only thing that probably stuck out to me was probably when I took my graduation photos and prom. Those are the, probably the only, and philosophy class. I remember Shout out philosophy. to philosophy class. That was, hey, that was lit in grade 12. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first class. I never went and I passed with a 90. I don't know how. But that's the only thing I remember. What? How? Hey, how do, how I, what? I remember a teacher asking me about it. He's like, Shanae, how? How? You don't go. And I was like, I don't You know. do the work, though. I do the work. Okay, see, that's the difference. That's the big thing. The you know, some kids, they, they don't go. They don't pick up the work. No, and then no. now, you know, you wonder no. why you got a 20% in this For class. For me, getting up that early in the morning was the hardest thing to do, especially in the wintertime. I physically, humanly just could not leave my bed. Morning, out, morning person or, or night owl? Me, neither. Right now, neither. <laughs> like, I like to wake up at, like, 11 a.m., and I like to be in bed by, like, 9 p.m. Bruh. I have, a, I have a short window right now. <laughs> yo, you're the, <laughs> like, yo, I'm, I'm using my energy in the time in yep. between. Don't bother yep. me at other and times. Even then, I don't want to use my energy. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. I'm not definitely, me, when people, like, invite me to parties. 
Yeah, I, nope. I I know what you mean. Still, I've been noticing. Like, I be I be going out sometimes. I'm like, yo, fuck, it's only eleven. I'm tired. <laughs> eleven o'clock's bedtime. I'm like, no, yo, I'm tired. Dog. Nope. Like, like, yo, I nope. feel like I could sprawl out right now. No cap. Right? <laughs> no, I I can't. I can't. So like, uh, I, again, I want to kind of know this. Going back to like, we're talking about like, you know, just dealing with the clinical, like the functional depression. Like yes. You said, yeah. You know, um, how did you? bounce back out of that like little rut that you were in especially as a youth you know and then now to where you like you know people probably wouldn't even know that if they met you no they wouldn't um but for me it was my niece like i always knew like seeing her like she needed a best friend mm. there was no like i could not live with myself knowing that something happened to me and thinking what would how she would feel afterwards Mm. right so like she i call her my lifeline and like my heartbeat <laughs> and in every little literal sense she is that uh, and it's a literal and figure, figurative thing like you know and yeah. like i've spoken to her about it but like i don't think she's only 12 i don't think she fully really knows mm -hmm. what i mean um but she was it for me and she was like so whenever i was having a bad day it was my niece i was straight thinking about my niece this little two-year-old i was straight thinking about her <laughs> because she's gonna need a best friend when she grows up uh, and it, it's gonna be me. I I love that how like like I one that's one thing I noticed like even when people feel like they have nothing there could be that one thing that like is gives you that spark of light to bring yeah. you out of the darkness. She she is that for me. And that, that's 100%. amazing. Like you know, I, I, eventually she'll realize that you know, and oh, yeah. she'll because she, I'm pretty sure does. she feels the love. Like you oh know, yeah, oh. definitely everyone knows. Sorry to my nephew but she's definitely my favorite oh, like, it's all it's okay it's, 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 it's okay to be it's real about it you know that's well like, i mean like when she was born it was just me and her her parents used to work mm. so like i'd pick her up from daycare i would be there putting her to sleep i didn't get that with my nephew mm. right because his parents were more established at that point uh, they could like but me and my niece through the trenches me and that girl uh, yeah, on, ride, on, ride on the, the 36 uh, heading from daycare to my house like right it was just, it was just it. ride it through okay it it. so that i'm a 16 year old with a stroller like I mean, I I mean, <laughs> I take that back. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, you know, the we came up in the age where sixteen and well, the sixteen and pregnant was a huge shit show that on MTV. Was wild. <laughs> oh, people were watching that show like wow, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. People were watching that show like thinking like, oh yeah, this is the life. Like we can just have kids at sixteen, and you know, we might be on TV and shit. Like ridiculous. Pass me out. Ridiculous, you know, but um. So I kind of want to get into now the like how about how you've established yourself and you know with, especially with your restaurant talk about that like let's get into that right now because you know I'd be seeing your foods on Instagram and be making me have the the mouth water emoji you guys already Thank know you. what I'm talking about yeah, that was the goal um, honestly I don't know like people and I will have a story for this one day everyone asked me even yesterday a lady asked me like what's my story and it's just like I don't really have a story. I, I mean, just, you've been telling it right now. I guess. Like, how long this story is. Like, you know when people are like, like, I know a girl, and she's phenomenal, and she's exactly who I want to be in a year. And she started her own, like, peanut-free, nut-free, gluten-free snack because she had an allergy. She mm. had, like, an allergic reaction to something. And she's like, oh, I need something to eat, bro. Yeah. I need something that tastes good. And that was her story. Look how bomb that story is. Me, I'm just like... I mean, mm -hmm. you did just tell a story about how you were, you've been a functional, depressed person, found the light in your knees, and then turned that into being 
a serial entrepreneur. I that guess. sounds like a that sounds like a story right there. I'm just I'm just saying. I guess. You know, and then that's then you know, we we just been doing the interview, so you know that's that I you know there's a lot more. Like, uh, you know? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay, let's put it that way then. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. So I just had the opportunity, um, thankfully to uh, my father. Mm. Um, he gave me the opportunity to open a restaurant. Mm. What made you want to open a restaurant in particular? I've always been in the hospitality field. Always. Like okay. I, my first job, I was a host and then I became a server. And then when I was 19, I started managing mm. and it's just like, I just realized I'm like, I'm tired of doing what I do best for other people. Oh. It's just, it's just time to do it for myself. Right. I see the way I, I am that. with my people. I see the way I am with my staff. I like my last job I was at. I wanted to implement so many menu changes, <laughs> and they're just like, "Ooh, Sinead, we're a big franchise. Like we can't do that." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then I opened up my own place. I can change whatever I want now. So, yeah, it was like, you know what I'm saying. But I'm feeling this menu today, bro. Just, new one, new one. <laughs> I change my drinks all the time, and people are like, "So can you get a pineapple punch?" Nope, we don't got that. That we 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 when I have that, <laughs> we have something better. Yeah. So it's I I think I love that the cow like. You always wanted to upgrade yourself, and, it, and like you said, you were building from the jump. Like you said, you started in the hospitality field, and yeah. it was always an upgrade, upgrade, upgrade to the point where it's like, I can do this myself. Yeah, literally. And literally. like you know, then and then, how much did it take though the courage to actually say fuck this? I'm gonna stop what I'm doing over this at this established place and go into doing my own thing. You know what? Like, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. But I, that's how I know that I'm on my. I'm on my proper path. Ah. I'm like on my God-given path because it's like, I, it didn't, like in my head, I found the space. I told my job, I was like, hey, oh yeah, I'm opening up a restaurant. And they're like, you're opening up a restaurant? Like everything is shut down. No, no one can dine in. Like, what do you mean you're opening up a restaurant? I'm like, I found the place. I want to do it. Like, I'm just doing it. Mm. I didn't even think about it. I, I, I feel like whenever you find your, your niche in life, because like, I feel like it was kind of like the same other feel feel me when I like first started like acting. I got onto a set. It was like, yeah, this this is what I'm doing. It just fit you. Feel it, it. it just felt right, and it was like I'm riding this till the wheels fall. Oh, hundred percent. And like it, just hearing your story right now, it feels like you had that when you found that place. You were just like, that's it. It was it was this second nature. It was yeah. like, yeah, this is this this is the goal. This is the wave right now. And then my dad asked me, so what are you gonna open? I'm like, soul food. Why soul food? I don't know. I don't like it. It's soul food. He's I like, mean, nah, Jamaican restaurant. I said no. There's there's like a thousand of those yeah, in the GTA. Yeah. You when know? my Jamaican restaurant is gonna be fine dining, cuisine, okay, like okay. it's gonna be it's, it's not bougie be, Jamaican. It's don't, bougie Jamaican. It's not it's not you yes, know it's, it's not the it's thing. not it's not the rude lady at the counter saying no. we don't have extra oxtail oh, gravy. No. Oh no, that's not it. And that's what I didn't want to open. You know, but shout out to those ladies though, because oh, yeah. their food's always oh, yeah. banging. I have a couple <laughs> of them. I I know a few places. Yeah, hundred percent. But I mean I want different. Mm. I want class. And I love that, like, you, you wanted that change. Because, like, especially, like, with me being, like, especially, like, with being black in Toronto, I feel most black people in the city are more, like, that Caribbean entry, like side of, like, black people. Yeah. And then, like, soul food is more, like, a, almost like an African-American thing. And it's yeah. not found as much. Here. No. So it's, like, a niche to get into where it's, like, oh, I don't really get this anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Like you said, because, like you said, there's a thousand Jamaican restaurants. Yeah. But, you know, when you get, when you get yours... It's going to be something different, yeah. you know? Oh, there was a place in Ajax, ooh, and they shut down Rum Diaries, but that was my favorite Jamaican spot. Okay, okay, And okay. they, like, they had, like, coconut milk, rice, and peas, and they served it, and it looked like a rectangle. Like, it was it was a vibe. 
They had like live jazz music. It was a vibe. Ooh, ooh, it was a ooh. vibe. That's 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 what you call fine dining. You need you need a but glass of still, wine with that. They still that. kept silica, like you know. They still kept their bones on, right? Mm. But like still kept yeah. it yachty, but classic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's me. So like, let's talk about a little bit. Like you know, what what what's like it, going into your restaurant again? You know. Mm-hmm. What, what what was like some things were like when when you thought of the menu soul food what were a couple of things that came to mind and what are some of the top sellers right now? So I feel like when I made my menu, I was just like I'm going full Louisiana with this menu. Like I want catfish, I want collard greens, I want candied yams, I want all those good stuff. And then I realized how hard it was to get those things in Toronto. Yeah, you know, what I'm it's a long trip from over from down Ooh. south all the way up here. <laughs> there's there's no real catfish here, and then the catfish that they have here is alive and. Yeah. I had catfish on the menu once and I had to go buy it and I was like, Can I just get some catfish? And they're like they pointed to me some things that were swimming and I was like Yeah, they're, they're at the bottom of the tank. I was like I was like, Okay. I had to send someone else to go buy it. <laughs> because I I'm not killing no fish. Like, I'm not no murderer. I'll, not. I'll cook it, but I ain't no murderer. Yeah. Like it has to be skin off, no face, no tail. Like, yeah, like this is this is this is just no. this, this is this food. Yeah. Like it, this was not previously alive. And it's, I don't know, so, yeah. But yeah, let, let, let's hear more just about, like, top sellers now. Like, you know, oh, what, what are the things sellers. that are flying off over there? So, top sellers are chicken sandwich. We have this jacked up chicken sandwich. I've been seeing it still, low-key, you know. I, I love me a chicken sandwich, you know. Oh, I keep it true nigga oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And people like it because they say it's juicy. Like, you know, I like, mean, that's what chicken sandwiches can't be dry, though. Well, but I mean, you go to certain places, number dun, but dun, and like, you know, because they're frozen, you don't get that juice. Mm, Us, facts. you literally see the raw chicken go dun, 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 mm. and into the fryer. Okay, okay. So, like, okay, okay. Definitely, people say it's juicy. They love the size. Mm, I, <laughs> I personally like cooking with alcohol, right? And so, initially, the sandwich was called the jacked up chicken sandwich because I made it with Jack Daniels. Oh, oh, oh. I like, I like the wordplay. Right? I like the wordplay. A lot of people like the wordplay in the restaurant. They come in, they're like, oh, sightings. Ah. <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you want on your side? Like, can you just tell me your side? Yeah, but um, oh, I love that. Yeah. One guy came in with his wife one time. He was like, okay, I'm going to order a sighting, But, like, tell my wife. It's just like, it's just food. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I it's, it, clearly his wife is not playing because he didn't have a few side things that she didn't caught. So he's like, I ain't trying to make those I'm jokes. I'm not trying to be involved in that kind of conversation. Just order your food. But um, yeah. So, but then initially, I didn't even realize that we were going halal. Oh, okay, okay. We were, we were like fully streaming down halal, and then I was just like, okay, cool, we'll run with it. So I had to take out the alcohol out of um all my menu items. That's true. That's a little haram, but you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we Apparently. we got a little, we got a little you know yeah. we break the rules a little sometimes, you know. But yeah, so we went fully halal. Um, our chicken sandwich bomb. Um, our cornbread. Speak Look, on I, it. Speak I'll on get it. back Speak to on. that. I'll get back to that. All one. right, all right, we'll get back to it. Our chicken wings. People love how like fresh and juicy our chicken wings are. Mm. Once again, I think it's just that not frozen thing. Mm. I think it's the I make my own jerk seasoning. Ooh. Um. Ooh. So it's not like I'm getting. No so you're. You, this is a special sauce that oh, yeah. you're getting strictly. Oh, yeah. at and the you restaurant. taste that like right down to the bone because we let the like the chicken wings marinate and stuff. So like, same thing with the shrimp. Like ooh, a 
Shrimp is my stuff. Shrimp See, low key, you're getting me hungry right now. Oh, I'm you sorry. Know? I should have brought a plate too. <laughs> no, that's, like, oh, that would have been yeah, lit. No, that okay. been a plate in front of you. That would have been free advertising. It's okay. Right there. It's Next okay. Time. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna like link the the, the food page in here oh, too, yeah. anyway. So oh, don't yeah. even worry about it. You know, we'll put it like right here for you guys. You know, might, you might as well drop it right now. Let them know what the food. The restaurant. And so it's called uh, Honey Soul Food. It's Honey Three Wise have that right here for you guys. It's a household name. You already know it. Don't come on. Don't it. don't act like you. Don't if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. You know, like you yeah. got to let them know right there. Yeah. So now we talk. We done talk about honey. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to know now that we're kind of getting now to like the closing bits. Wait, hold on, my cornbread. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my Fuck. cornbread. How we forget about the cornbread? cornbread? My bad. You know, what so, I'm saying? talk about that cornbread that be getting the ladies stick out here. Ooh, my cornbread. That's a little special. You know when you have cornbread and it's like that dry stuff. And then you have that. to put the yeah, butter you, on it. And or you need, a, you need a huge glass of water to down it with. You know what no. I'm Yeah, no. We don't do that. Okay, okay. I then. think, right. and I will openly say, I think I changed the game of cornbread when I dropped my cornbread. And, like, now I'm seeing a lot of cornbread that comes out that looks like my cornbread, and I kind of get a little upset. So you niggas are stealing your sauce. But... <laughs> but... Because I feel like cornbread had a typical look uh. initially. And... I feel like in the Canadian sense, even some some American states do look a dry cornbread. Mm-hmm. But when you go down south, their cornbread doesn't look like that it's, dry. It's fat and it, 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 it looks moist. Moist. You know? And that is what I had to recreate. Um, so now, yes, definitely. Um, can I can I talk? Can I can I tell the secret? Uh, uh, I can tell we, the secret. We we getting a special sneak peek on here for you guys. I, okay, so everybody loves our cornbread. Our cornbread household name. We're actually going retail with our cornbread. Oh shit, niggas! So, you, know, you guys would heard it first right here. Right honey, here, honey, honey cornbread going retail. Yep. You know, we're gonna bring it right to your front door into your household. You know. So now you don't have to drive to Mississauga to come get tree liquor, and people don't even buy three anymore. Like we're selling out twenty four cornbreads, and I'd be like, "Can you pre order this? Mm. Don't just walk in and order twenty four cornbreads." Yeah, because like, you know we need time to yeah. make all this. Like. <laughs> So, but now you can literally have your own batter and make it at home, right? And we made it mad easy. We made the batter for you. All you literally have to do is add an egg. Add an egg. Throw that, you know. Throw it in your oven. And now you have honey's cornbread right in front of you. Thanksgiving, Christmas, never made easier. Any kind of potluck, Mm. never made easier. Mm. They're going to think you came all the way to the store and really and truly... Nah, they, and the most people are gonna be just probably taking it off as their own. Like, oh, you know, this is this is the family recipe. Make you know? sure you <laughs> tag my name in it. Thank you. You you got it from Honey. Don't don't disrespect like she see me seeing these people doing yes. with her whole cornbread trying to take Unless it as their own. Unless you really can't cook, you can take a little credits. You know what I'm saying? You, you know they did warm it up. They yeah, did warm it up. you <laughs> added a little your little flick of the wrist. You know, like a, a little something. You know? But. Yeah, so that's a really cool thing. I'm very excited for that. That's next. That's chapter. amazing. That's amazing. And like you know, I'm glad that we got to be the you know the sneak peek on that. Yeah. You know? So we started we started um in a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. Um, but we're just gearing that up. We're just building. We're gearing. We're advertising. But yeah, you're gonna see me on shelves soon. That's, that's my amazing. Goal. That's amazing. I wanna I wanna walk into like you know Walmart and superstore and be Walmart, like, oh shit, you know what I mean? That's that's my friend, that's my girl right here. You know what I saying? broke the news. You remember? You exactly. gotta be like, I broke the news for this. You know what I'm saying? I'll be taking pictures with it like this, like you know, you see me, like you know. But yeah, for sure, I love that. I love to hear you doing big things. You know, yeah. let's talk right before we get out. We got to talk about what else is up next for you. What else is up for next for Shanae? What's the goals? What's the plans? You know, plug yourself in, all that. Everything. 
Same. My, v, my VPs over there, like, well, yeah, we're, mean, we're not gonna I let it all out. We're not gonna let it all out, out. Yeah. but like, I mean, everything. Like, my, I will say that my biggest goal, and I will tell, I tell this to all my staff when I hire them, I'm trying to end generational poverty. That me for that, because that's some real nigga shit right there. That is my thing. Too many people grow up and be like, my mom grew up in the hood, therefore I have to be in the hood. No, you don't. Real no, you don't. You know and I mean? you're gonna raise your kids in the hood too. You don't have to. Nah. But you know why? They're never giving you an opportunity. Facts, facts. So my biggest thing is with any of my businesses, and I say this when I hire them, if you show me you can have it, it's yours. Done. And there's no, there's, you know, to own like a Kelsey's and stuff, it's like $400,000. Then you got to prove that you have like $500,000 to maintain it. Who has that kind of money? Or credit. <laughs> credit good enough to make, to, to, to let someone lend them that money. So it's just like, I'm just here trying to give some, someone an opportunity. I will change your life if you show me that you want it. I feel like that's an amazing thing. Um, sadly, a lot of people don't want it. They say they do, but they really don't. You know, the, the yeah. you gotta have the action with the with the with the words. But I, it's amazing that you want to do that because, like, you know, that's something that like, I want to do too. Especially like in my communities where I feel like there's not much things for the kids to do, and then the things that maybe maybe they want to do, they feel like it's impossible to reach. Yeah. Or how do I even get started? Impossible is not a real thing. No. That's 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 my no. one of my biggest things. There's no glass ceiling. I, I remember once I heard a saying that uh, to allow no limits, there are no limits. Literally. No limits allowed, no limits exist. Yeah. And that, that's that. what it seemed like was going up Gems. for you right now, Shanae. You know, yeah. it's it's no limits allowed, no, no limits, limits exist. We going to the she's going to the top. If you haven't noticed, like top. you know, in this small top. small little time that we've been talking together, top. she's going to the top. Top. And I'm trying to take everybody with me though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, we, it's not a solo trip. It's no. not a solo oh, trip. Oh no, nothing can be solo. Nothing can be solo. See, and that, that's the that's the beauty of it right there because once you give back. Yeah, inspire somebody else to do exactly what you did and for that's them. That's what I want to do. I want to inspire the change. Mm. I want to be the impact. That's my thing. And there's no but no better way to end it than you being the impact of the people around you and inspiring big change. You already know what this is, you know. Thank you again, Shanae, no for coming problem. through. You know, this is Boy Master Twice the Will Won't Podcast. And we we log it off. Like, comment, subscribe, all that. I told you we getting into that. I'm staying on you guys. Hit that button. <laughs> all right, we we out, we out. Yeah.